part of a series we've called Selfdom. And no, I did not make that word up. I know I make up a lot of words, but that's not one of them. Uh, selfdom is actually a real word. And you, you look it up in the <clears throat> dictionary, and it's simply the realm of self, your selfhood. Do you realize that you have, you have a realm, you have a place where you are the authority, and that is your life. And this concept of discipleship, this concept of learning and growing in Christ, is for us to take our selfhood, our selfdom, and have it completely brought into God's kingdom. Have it completely brought into that. Now we understand some of these, some of these concepts. And today we're going to talk a little bit about this concept of what the kingdom and selfdom combined looks like. And I think that we have a pretty good feeling of this, especially living in Texas. Us as Texans, we recognize and we have an identity as Texans, probably more than any other state in the union. There are those who are proud of their state. I'm not saying, Louie, you don't have to leave on me now, buddy. I'm, and so, uh, and, uh, and so, but what, there are others that are, are proud of their statehood. But man, there's just something about Texans. And I've, I've heard from that Europeans will say that, you know, that somebody from the U.S. comes over and they say, well, where are you from? And most, of, most people say the United States. If they're from Connecticut, they say I'm from the U.S. They're from Nebraska, they say I'm from the U.S. But Texans say, I'm from Texas. <laughs> and they know. We know you know that's part of the U.S. You may know no other state, but you know Texas. And there's this concept that there's still this identity, but it doesn't separate us from being part of the United States, from being American. Most Texans are very much American. They don't find themselves at odds with each other. They don't find themselves in connection with each other, in, in disconnect. So as you and I begin to learn and grow and see, we don't see the kingdom of God over there and the kingdom of self over here, that we can self-identify that I'm Brandon Clark and I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. I'm in Christ. That they're one and the same. That Brandon Clark and in Christ are the same thing. That you and being in Christ are the same thing. And that, that's this concept of coming in. In fact, that's one of the beautiful things of being a Texan. It's one of the few states in the Union that had a, that were a republic, were a recognized nation. Hawaii was one of those as well. Hawaii had a period where it was its own recognized nation, and I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but some of you here are old enough to remember Hawaii becoming a state, that there was a point when Hawaii did not have the same representation in Congress and Washington that it does today, that the old stars and stripes had this weird, odd number of 49 stars, and then we got all new issued new flags because there was now 50, because Hawaii had fully come in to statehood. And for a long time prior to that, they were an, an independent nation and embraced coming in, chose to come in. That's this concept, this concept. And when we look at this, we look at these concepts of boundaries. 
See, the, to, ha to be inside the Texas boundary means to also be inside the United States boundary. So what we want, as you and I, our selfdoms, are coming in and fully representing Christ, we want that to, for me to be Brandon Clark also means that I'm fully inside the boundaries of Christ. Another piece that we can understand that is this, is the concept of a puzzle. And <clears throat> Cutie and I used to, we would just have fellowship time and just hang out with each other, just doing a puzzle. It's been a while since we've done that. And so, no, no, we couldn't afford to go out of town. So we bought a $10 puzzle. That was our romantic weekend. And so, so we would sit there and we would begin to do the puzzle and do the puzzle pieces and dump out the box and we see this mess. Some of it, you see the old cardboard side of it and you have to go over and flip it right side up. You begin to have to move all of the pieces around and as you begin to look at your life, what I want to caution you, the difference, this concept of having Christ a part of your life and having your life be a part of Christ is this same concept. Is Jesus a piece of your puzzle? Or is Jesus not anything to do with the puzzle? You're the puzzle and Jesus is the table that puzzle comes together on. Our selfdom fully embrace as we allow Jesus to be the table that all the pieces of us get placed in. Otherwise, we can fall into this place that we've just made Jesus. I got my little Jesus piece. And I got him over here, and it's something we've just kind of engrafted into our life. But this concept of selfdom is allowing our boundaries to be defined by who he is. That when you look on that puzzle as it comes together, that the table boundaries also are what are supporting that puzzle coming together boundaries. And so we want to get into this and, and to, to understand this fully. And I want us to, to look at Romans 12, 1 and 2 again. Okay, And I want us to have this, this mindset. This mindset of us coming in, having once been independent and now coming in and coming part of a new system. That we've done things our own way. You know what? As much as you can have pride in Texas heritage, you know, that the truth of Texas needed to become a part of the U.S. because we were going bankrupt. The, the independent nation of Texas was going bankrupt. Things were going off the rails. We needed some support. And Texas came in because it wasn't doing well on its own. It needed to be able to be a part of the bigger piece. And there's this place where at one point we were off on our own and we went our own way. And we recognized that we needed, we needed God. And we're going to allow him and bring, bring our lives into him. So with that, let's look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Remember last week we talked about that's our paradigm. That's the window we're looking through. God's mercy in view of that. That's the window we're looking through. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Your regular life, this, this stuff that does all the interactions with people, that gets up and, and showers up and, and goes to work and clocks in and does its stuff. Give that, this stuff, your regular everyday kind of life, 
as a living sacrifice. Bring the wholeness of who you are, giving that fully to him. It's holy and it's pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. To recognize that God is our Savior and place our faith in him for our salvation. And we step over from death to life and we are fully his in that moment. And we are heaven ready in that moment. Is an amazing thing. But the worship moment of that where we begin to ex fully express that, our worship for all he's done, is now for us to give ourselves fully to him. That's this, this selfdom coming into his kingdom. And it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Now this series, I'm getting to kind of nerd out a little bit. Um, my... Uh, I have a, a degree from ASU in communications, and hopefully I'm utilizing that a little bit right now. And um, then I have my theological training, and hopefully I'm using that a little bit right now. And I also have a degree from ASU, a bachelor's degree in government. And I don't know that I use that much. And so, but I took classes that are as exciting as um, uh, foreign policy in the Western Hemisphere. Everybody wants to take that, right? And so, and I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed all my government classes. I enjoyed all of those different things and, and began to look at that. And so this series, you're gonna have to just kind of put up with some, some things that go along with that. I get to bring that into to these other pieces of my life. And today we're looking at this concept of GDP, normally referenced as gross domestic product. This is this concept of what gets produced, that a, that a nation's value to the world is based on its GDP, what is uniquely created and manufactured inside its domain and what it can do for the rest of the world. Is it going to be able to take care of itself? Is it going to be able to take care of itself and, and maybe bless some others around it? Well, instead of this gross domestic product, we wanted to look, since we're our own little places of little kingdoms, bring them into his big kingdom, we will look at God's domestic product. What is he growing in us? What is of true value to the kingdom that gets produced in our lives? And as we look at that, we immediately look at Galatians 5, 22 and 26. And I want to go back to the concept of us doing a puzzle here. And when Cutie and I would do our puzzles together, then we always had one other thing other than the puzzle pieces sitting on the table. It was the box. You had the nice picture of the box sitting there. There are some people who love to throw the box away and just kind of go on their own. That's not me. I need to see what in the world this is going to look like. And as I look at a piece, I compare it to the, what the end result is going to look like. I look down at the mess. And it doesn't look like the box. It doesn't look like it. But I know where I'm going, so that keeps me encouraged. And I bring everything back. How does this fit? I look back at the picture on the box. How does this fit? I look back at the picture on the box. So as we're going through here, then God has given us this beautiful picture on the box. We understand that we're being grown into the image of his beloved son, of Jesus. 
you're like, okay, well, great. Well, now that means that I've got to be God in the flesh. I've got to have this, this high standard. How do we break this down? This is, can be intimidating. No, no, no. We're going to let's look at this. Let's look at this. He's given us a picture in Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, what God is growing, developing, producing, God's domestic inside of us product, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's that picture on the box. As we begin to engage, we begin to see, are my boundaries falling inside his boundaries? Are my being, am I acting in love? Am I allowing patience to fully operate in my life? Is this thing growing? Is peace growing? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, are those things growing? We keep going back and we're looking at the box. We're looking to see how are these things fitting together. Because he goes on to say, Paul goes on to tell the Galatians that against these things, there's not a law at all. You can have these things grow like crazy. Nobody is trying to put a chokehold on how much love you can produce. How much peace you can have in your life. That somehow your joy has gone a little bit out of control and you need to dial that down a little bit. No, it's you can, this can exist in your life without limit. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with, their, with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other. Like, okay, Paul, that was kind of a weird sentence to throw in there. You're telling us that we're supposed to grow all of this. Now, don't become conceited and provoking and envying each other. Well, how does that play into this? Well, guess what? Um, we don't all grow at the same rate. And so, so many times, we can look at somebody else's life and we can see a great big drop crop, thank you, of peace growing up in their lives, and we're still in a lot of anxiety, we're still in a lot of turmoil, and all of a sudden we can become envious. Man, that person's life is just so easy. Man, look at them just the way that there's, it's such a place of peace. Look at that, and all of a sudden, well, if we allow these, this comparison thing, this envying thing to come in, then these good things God's doing in our life have this, have this negative things play out. So you and I need to be able to be in this place where we just let each other grow in love. We just let each other grow in these areas and these different places. See, there's, a, <clears throat> there's an amazing thing that takes place that as our, as our selfdom becomes more and more a part of his kingdom, we see God's qualities growing in our lives. And this is a fulfillment of a promise that Jesus spoken. We sang earlier today about that his promises, his promises are sure. Let's look at John 15, verse 3. It says, You've all, you are already clean because, I ha I, <clears throat> because of the word I've spoken to you. I love that even in this moment, Jesus is reminding his followers that 
they have already been cleaned by the word. That he's reminded that this is the baseline. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It is this beautiful place where we can be, are to be fully dependent on him to produce his fruit in our lives. He's not sitting there shaking his finger and saying, you need to, you need to be more joyful. You come back to me when you've got a better attitude. God's not doing that. We might do that with each other, but God's not doing that. God is sitting there and speaking to us that for us to trust him and dare to allow him to shift those and grow those things in us. These are his promise that will bear fruit because we're connected to him. The fruit shows up. We disconnect. We don't rely on him. We don't look to him. We don't trust in him. Fruit doesn't grow. We allow his life to produce life in us. The fruit grows. That is how this takes place. And in that, we see that he has truly freed us to live life with the outcomes that we've always desired. How many times, how many times have we just so wanted those things. We just genuinely want love. We just genuinely want peace. We want to be able to just not be in a hurry and life be at rest. In fact, I guarantee most of the people that are wrapped up in this big Powerball frenzy, they're hoping that winning that thing brings these things in their life in a greater measure. Somehow be able to have financial peace. Somehow be able to be at, a, be at a place of genuine rest. Somehow not be in this place of stress and patience just becomes easy because money just fixes it. Our hearts cry out for this and the only place we get it is God's growth in our lives. Romans 7, 4 says, So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who is raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. And then Paul tells the Corinthians, he's already told the Galatians about bearing fruit in Christ, the Romans about bearing fruit in Christ. Now the Corinthians, he speaks to them as well. He says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him the amen is spoken by the glory of God. Now it is God who makes us, both you, both us and you, stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Guaranteeing it. The Holy Spirit sits there and is a guarantee, a reminder that we're not done, that though we look at the tabletop and all the pieces seem to be all out of control, we come back and we recognize and the Holy Spirit reminds us this is where we're going. This is where we're going. You're designed to bear fruit. See, these fruits or virtues are the things that remind ourselves and others that God is working in us. That it's God who works in us. 
At Celebration Church, we've adopted a philosophy a long, long time ago that we really believe with all of our heart that as we allow God to begin to grow his nature in us, it begins to choke out all of the other junk in our lives. I uh, worked for a, a, a landscaping nursery uh, here when I was in college. And uh, anyways, so as, um, I was working with this guy, and he was telling me about, you know, all the different plants, and I learned a ton of stuff from him. And he was talking about his philosophy on bringing a lawn back to life. And he said that with the grasses, especially like Bermuda and St. Augustine and any of these these grasses that have the runners, he said, weeds can't compete with grass and healthy soil. You give grass what it needs to grow, and it will choke out the weeds. Now, so many times we can look at our lives, and we can want to go over there and, and just pick weeds. We see weeds, and we just, just get picked, picked, picked. Well, we bought a house years ago that was a, that was a repo, and the house was a mess. Cutie was really not that excited that we bought this house, and it was just... Every square inch needed to be dealt with, and the yard was just, it was just dirt. There was just nothing there. And so as soon as a little rain would come or anything would come, well then, sure enough, all the weeds, all the stuff that got blown in would come up, and then I'd have to mow my weeds. And then I saw that there were these little Bermuda roots. These roots had been down deep in this grass, and they came up. And I was like, I'm going to see if this guy's legit. So I just started watering and fertilizing, watering and fertilizing, keeping the weeds knocked down, mow. They weren't pulled, just mowing. And sitting there and watering and fertilizing, watering and fertilizing. And I'd sit there and I would go out and I would look at my lawn. And there would be an area that there'd be weeds all over the place. And I would get excited when I would see this little Bermuda thing rolling out in there. And it looked so lonely. It just kind of growing out there all by his little Bermuda self. And he's out there and there's weeds all around it. And you're like, the poor little thing. And man, I was so excited. Why? Because I knew if that Bermuda took hold, it was going to just take over. And then about two growing seasons. I had to do this for about two growing seasons. And man, pretty soon I had a lawn you could lose a chihuahua in. I'm telling you, man, you didn't want to bring your little dog to my house. It's just, it's over. It's gone. Man, that grass was tall and lush, and I cut it as high as I could and let it protect the moisture. And man, and pretty soon I had no weeds in my lawn at all. And I didn't pull any weeds at all. The life choked out all of that other mess. So many times you and I can get so discouraged, and we look at our lives, and we're like, man, Lord, I, I see just a little bit of love. There's a lot of weeds around this person, but I just kind of love them. God's like, yes, let's go with that. I just, I just, I'm just kind of love them. I'm just trying to be patient here. I'm just trying. It's like, yes, let's let that, let's cultivate that. Because you know what? We're going to look up and it's going to have taken over everything. All the other mess, all the other stuff gets choked out. We, you and I don't <clears throat> sit there and walk from hating someone into loving someone in one big step. Pretty soon what happens is we begin to care a little bit. Sometimes it may start out with the concept of I couldn't care less. You may be here today. There's somebody in your life and you're like, really? I couldn't care less about them. 
I, I have zero compassion, I have zero anything for this person. I could not care for them less. And then all of a sudden, a little bit of care, a little bit of love begins to show up. And then as that begins to, to grow, then pretty soon, all of a sudden, your love and your care for them begins to overshadow the stuff that annoys you so bad. Oh, your conscience is still there. But I love them. Mm, I want to smack them, but I love them. We all have those people in our life. Man, I, love, I just want to smack them, but I love them. And then all of a sudden, we, it grows a little more. And then we look up, and it's been years since we wanted to smack that person. And it's been years. And all of a sudden, that's just nothing but love there. You sit there, and you rip out all the hate, and all of a sudden, you still have nothing. You still don't have any love. Love is what comes in and works it out. It's that way with every area of our lives. So instead of going through and picking our own weeds or picking somebody else's weed, spend a whole Sunday on that. <laughs> then what I say is let's look at the box. And we look back down and go, man, is love showing up there? Mm, yes. Let's pour a little fertilizer on it. Let's, let's, let's cultivate that. Man, there's weeds right next to it. It's okay. That love's going to take care of it. Is patience showing up there? It's it's okay. The patience is going to take care of it. Is faithfulness showing up? A little bit. Okay, let's keep that growing. Let's keep that going. And it will take care of those other things. It simply will. I'm convinced of it, and I've seen it in your lives. I've seen people enjoy the discipleship process. I've seen people enjoy growing in God instead of this Oh, I'm carrying the burden of the cross. I'm just carrying it out, just trying to live for Jesus. Well, what? Well, no reason nobody's, people are running from church. If that's what this is, I'm working on being joyful. <laughs> no, no. We have this place where he takes us from glory to glory, from faith to faith, that we, it, is, it can be an amazing, amazing journey. <laughs> So let's wrap this up with the, these truths. John 15, 8 says, this is to my Father's glory. This is what makes God shine and people just see how awesome he is, is that you bear much fruit. It's not that you can quote a kajillion scriptures. It's not that you've written a ton of checks to, to do good things. It's that you're loving and you're patient you're kind, that you're faithful, that there's this place of self-control that exists. Those things show that we are Jesus' disciples. In fact, in Matthew 7, 20, he says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And then John 13, it says, new command I give you, love one another. The old command was love one another as you love yourself. And you know what? Some of us, that keeps the bar pretty dang well. Some of you don't like yourself at all. And so consequently, you don't like anybody either. And Jesus said, mm, new command. Old command was love your neighbor as you love yourself. It was a great place to start, but it wasn't a great place to end. Love as I have loved you, so you must love one another. All of a sudden, it's not about us fabricating something. It's about stepping into what he's done and his grace and his love manifesting in our lives. 
By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then Matthew 6 says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, praised be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We think of heaven, we think of all those fruits of the Spirit. We think of love and we think of joy. We think of goodness, faithfulness, self-control. We think of all those things. How does heaven invade earth? When you let him invade you. And then begins to show up in other people's lives. They begin to get love they don't deserve. They begin to get goodness they don't deserve. They begin to get patience they don't deserve. The kingdom of God invading earth as you let yourself show his kingdom. In fact, that's our bottom line today. The kingdom of God comes to earth as we let him reign in our selfdom. We begin to look and allow his boundaries that we live right inside there. We allow us to be fully defined by him and him alone. So folks, let's choose to allow God his nature, who he is, to grow in our lives, to genuinely grow in our selfdom. I want to create a quiet moment right here. I want us to be able to bow our heads and and just get quiet. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Brandon, I recognize this. I, I see it today. I thought that that having to be a Christian meant pulling all these weeds out of my life. I thought that being a Christian meant having to to do all of these things. And and I recognize today that it's simply believing that Jesus is who he said he was. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus died in my place. That his death covered my death and I'm made right with God because Jesus took care of my sin and my shame and my shortcomings. They're fully dealt with. And I believe that today. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand. I want you to just acknowledge that. Awesome. Awesome. See, what's just happened is when when your heart, when your faith connects with that, you stepped over from death to life. It's not about raising a hand or praying a prayer, and we're going to pray. What it's about is about your faith being connected to what he's done. I just ask believers, I'd ask you to just pray along with us right now. I'm going to give you some words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you gave him for me. That his death covers my death. And now his life is my life. Today I am your child. And you're my father. I give you me. All of me. And I thank you. That I'm heaven ready. At this moment. And I give you permission. To have heaven invade earth. Through my life.
Yeah. If that was you over at T9, if you connected with that, I want you to grab somebody over there and just pray with them and, and let somebody know this decision you made. We've got the Hernandezes that are over here and the Lahones over here. If you need extra prayer about anything at all, um, then get a hold of them. Uh, you can also, like I said earlier, grab one of our School of Ministry grads and, and have them pray with you. I want you to stand up. And we're going to go out of here right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you the glory and we give you the praise, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that you're the one that our lives can be fully built on. Lord, you're the one that changes everything. Lord, we understand that apart from you, we can do nothing. But in you, Lord, all that we were ever meant to be comes to life. Lord, we're going to embrace and look for your goodness and your love. Heavenly Father, all of your attributes for growing in our lives. We thank you for that. I call us blessed as we go out of here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Y'all have an amazing day. Do you day. want the uh, play your music or? Okay. Unless you can find one over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What happened? I accidentally, I accidentally just took that off. Well, this is just the uh, sound, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you.